I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today. Live, Randy Robinson here. And man, you know, testimonies are powerful. Uh, and some of the things that happen in this world are crazy. And you're going to hear a testimony today of a man uh, who, I mean, literally this far from not being here with us. Uh, and I won't overtell too much of it, but Captain John Royal Jr. is with us, uh, and he has a story that you'll want to hear, but it's not just the the tragedy or the crime that nearly took his life. Uh, it's what God has done out of that that's really amazing. So appreciate you guys being here. Chat is open. If you want to jump in and have any questions, you can do that if you're watching a chat-enabled channel live. If you're watching in the replay, as most of you do, we appreciate you being here as well. Feel free to leave some kind comments uh, um, and hit that share button. Let other people hear this great story. Captain, can I do I still call you Captain uh, after all these years? I'm not a real military savvy guy, but great to have you. <laughs> However, you are you prefer to be addressed. Good to have you here, Randy. We're friends. You just call me John. <laughs> okay, so take us back um, to that day at uh, Fort Hood, uh, 2014, I believe it was, um, and tell people what what happened to you. Well, you know, Randy, you remember that slogan, we do more before uh, 9 a.m. than most do all day. You remember those <laughs> Army commercials? So my day didn't start at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when the incident happened. I actually started 06.30 in the morning when I headed myself into work. And uh, they're, in, they're in Killeen, Texas. Today, the base is called Fort Cavazos, but uh, then it was Fort Hood. So I had um, had went on base that morning Everything was everything seemed normal, but four o'clock in the afternoon, I had to go to my unit headquarters and I had to go to the supply office. And so I shut the door after I parked my car, I shut the door to my to my car and I, I go to step away and instantly I, I just hear shots fired. And hmm. Randy, you know, with the listeners, they may or may not know, uh, but but I was a Green Beret. I've done three combat tours to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. Hmm. I know what shots fired sound like. And, you know. You know, I'm also in Texas. Texans know what shots fire sound like. <laughs> right, every right. Texan carries a pistol on their hip, right? Yeah. And so um, hopefully they've trained with that weapon before they just start carrying it. But anyway, so <laughs> I, I step out of my car. I hear shots fired. It, it's very real to me. But no one assumes that they're in danger on base, especially when they're standing behind the men and women. They're wearing badges, guns at the security gate. So I... But I'm hyper, but I would say that something just wouldn't let me move. Like I just couldn't keep stepping. And so I turned to where I heard the shots fired and I'm looking to my one o'clock. And, and let me just paint a picture for your listeners. I'm standing in the parking lot of first medical brigade and to my nine o'clock is the brigade headquarters to my 11 and 12 o'clock are all the soldier buildings. And to my one o'clock is a road that divides my unit from a transportation unit. So I'm looking up that road up to my one o'clock and a car comes right from that road into my parking lot. But again, who thinks they're in danger on base in a parking lot? Right. Not this guy. So I turned back to where, to where I heard the shots fired 
I took my eyes off the vehicle and the individual. Mm. And Randy, the next shot I heard, I was hit. So what I had heard was specialist Ivan Lopez, a young E4 soldier who was actually on a shooting spree. Mm. And the guy that pulled into my parking lot was actually the one that was doing the shooting. And what I had heard was him shooting at everybody he saw as he was driving down the road approaching me. And so when I took my eyes off of him, I didn't realize, but he picked, he pulled up a 45 caliber weapon and he shot me point blank in the throat. Jeez. I took a 45 caliber that severed my jugular vein, went through my voice box and traveled into my right shoulder. So essentially it just kind of came straight in like this. And um, he drove off. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, am I hit? Like, was I hit? And instantly the evidence of of what what i was thinking just was pouring out into my hand mm. and so i turned back away from him and i try to just get away and I, I head back towards my car and i fall flat on my face and my life is pouring out and you know randy i again i talk about doing three combat tours my dad died when i was five years old i went looking for i went looking for affirmation my entire life and so my entire life was filled with trying to create an identity for myself because I didn't get it as a young boy. So I had, you know, became a Green Beret because I was really looking for affirmation and approval. And and so here I am on the ground and all the things that I thought were so important to me, Randy, didn't come, didn't come to me at all. I didn't hear anything. Um, or, or all the things that I thought were important to me didn't, I didn't think about them. The only thing I thought about when I thought I had seconds to live were the people that I sacrificed most. Hmm. My wife, my children, you know, because back back in the day, everyone told me, if you have this, John, you have life. If you have if you have this title, if you have this, these accolades, then you have life. If you have this money, this much money. But all those things, none of that, none of that mattered to me when I was on the ground and my life was pouring out. So. I'm there and I start and I'm freaking out and I hear this audible voice, John, get up or your wife is going to die. Hmm. And, and I didn't know what I was experiencing. I didn't know what I was hearing. So I shrug it off and I go back to praying and asking Jesus to help me who was going to take care of my family. And I hear this audible voice again, John, get up or your wife is going to die. Randy, now, as I look back, I understand what Jesus was saying to me at that moment. I didn't see just like your listeners, if Randy, if you were to leave your desk and walk into someone's house, you would get a you would get a bird's eye view of what's going on behind someone's closed door if you walked into their house. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what was happening in my life during that time. Mm-hmm. Six months before I was shot. See, well, I'll say this before what my wife and I had just left North Carolina, where I was a Green Beret and spent 15 years in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. We were only in Fort Hood for five months. Hmm. Also, when we left North Carolina to come to Texas or, or to go to Colleen, Texas, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law died only six months before I was shot. Hmm. Two years before that, my brother-in-law died in a hunting accident. So what I believe Jesus was saying was, John, if you don't get up off the ground, your wife is going to take her life. Oh, and the other thing I didn't tell you, Randy, is that my wife was already a two-time suicide survivor. Oh, when wow. I was a mean, angry, drunk coming back and forth from Afghanistan and Iraq when I brought alcohol and all of the 
the burdens of war back in my home when I used to cut my family down with my tongue mm. back when I was a mean, angry man. So essentially what Jesus was saying to me is, John, your wife is not going to make a mistake this time. Mm. But the truth is, Randy, and I think you're, maybe some of your listeners are going through this. It was easier to stay on the ground and die that day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was easier. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 how do you even survive that? There's no explanation. I mean, a 45 point blank through your throat that severs your jugular vein yeah. is is an instant death situation. Yeah. How did, so, so, I mean, what, what, how did, what happened? I mean, you get, must have had medical uh, assistance quickly. Yeah. So once I, once I just make a decision to live, <laughs> right after I heard get up or your wife is going to die yeah. start moving and I and I and I start walking to where I hear where I think I'm going to find some help or just where the soldiers would be and I see a soldier coming towards me in a distance and, and I'm walking on the path towards him and he's coming towards me and and I just assume the guy's not running to me because he doesn't know that I'm shot so I'm trying to quickly get to him and and for Randy honestly I don't know how long I was on the ground and, and how long it took me sure. to start getting to this sure. person but as the person got closer to me, I realized there was something not right about him because he's looking to the left and right, real, real hyper vigilant. And he, he comes towards me and he stops 10 feet in front of me. And I stopped just because maybe it was the Green Beret training that I had in me, you know, or, or something, but there was something not right. But what I realized is I'm standing in front of the man that just shot me. Jeez. He's standing 10 feet in front of me. So he shot me from his car, drove off, got out of his car. When I went to look for him, help i end up encountering him again we meet face to face 10 feet apart he looks right through me he looks right at me looks to the left and right and jesus blinds him yeah i he mean turns, he, I said, why wouldn't he shoot you again i mean i would think that he would have just simply shot you again well and when jesus blinds him he turns walks in a building shoots three more people uh. And I often don't say this because it's not something that I that I'm proud of. But when he walked into that building, he actually killed the next guy after me. Mm. And, and and let me say this because I know that we're quick. We got to be quick about this. But when I got up off the ground after I heard get up and I chose to make to live, I heard this voice and, and it was the pastor from the church that I had walked into. And he used to say, pray out loud. So as soon as I got up, God put pastor dan stanley's voice in my mind and he said pray out loud so i i prayed i said jesus help and i believe what, what god was saying is you need to ask me for help because you're getting ready to encounter the shooter and you don't know it but yeah. you're going to need another miracle so anyways yeah. jesus blinds him he walks in a building and i move away from him i don't stick around trying to figure out what he's going to do i could hear him shooting in the building as i'm moving away and some soldiers that are in in a building they're they're watching me walk and this is what they said alert them to me randy they said it looked like i had a red a red scarf flapping in the wind it was the blood squirting out of my neck and, he, and one of the soldiers later told me he said he said one of one of the guys was looking through the window because all these soldiers they know now that something's going on and they're looking through this window and one of them says dang that dude is bleeding <laughs> yeah but that guy didn't run to me randy and there were there were only a few that did and you know what i I think this is important for you. And I think this is this is what your ministry does. Randy, there's a world of people that are bleeding. Yeah. And not many are coming. So that's what that's what I'm doing today. Not many are coming. 
So these guys, they get me, they get me in the back of a truck, they get me to the hospital. One doc puts has enough sense, puts a tube in, under my throat, in my throat, and because they know that my neck is swelling so fast, they keep my airway open. They get me to the elevator to get me into the OR. When they get me into the elevator, two doctors come running out, heading towards the ER because it's a mass casualty situation. Yeah. When the two doctors come running out, it's the ear, nose, and throat surgeons. Oh, yeah. Everything I needed was exactly where it needed to be the moment that I obeyed Jesus on the ground. So you know this in life. There are things we're not going to understand. There are things that are not going to make sense to us as we walk through them. A couple of those things. Uh, one, why did you even get shot, right? And two, why did you survive when others didn't? Um, do yeah. you... Do you have any insight into those or are those just things that you go, man, I'm not going to know that in this life. I just keep moving forward. That's the answer right there. But I also will say, and a lot of people need to hear this. Jesus didn't shoot me to give me a testimony. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah. No, so, I mean, literally. Yeah. Right. The Bible says it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. He never said that, that bad things weren't going to happen. He just said that you won't go through it alone. Go back to Daniel chapter three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Did he stop them from going in the fire? No. No, he just stepped in the fire with them. Yep, there you go. That's what people need to hear. Yeah, it is. So here I am in Colleen, Texas, and this isn't 2,000 years ago. This is 2014 here in the United States. Jesus steps into the middle of my fire. Yeah. And he, and he gives me an opportunity to get up. And he tell, but 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 here's what people also need to hear, Randy. He also didn't pick me up. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. He just told me to get up. Hmm. He gave me. He knew that I had everything I needed to get up off the ground. He he needed me to have some faith and trust and believe him. And when I did, everything I needed was exactly where it needed to be. Well, that's that's some insight, uh, because yeah, we can. We can we tend to do two one of two different things, just lay on the ground <laughs> and give up, you know, and say I can't do it, or say, Jesus, if if you want it done, you're gonna have to do it yourself. But scripturally, I mean, even the, right there in the book of James, it says there's this draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. For some reason, in God and His sovereignty, there there is very much. I mean, there's some things we can't do, and He'll do for us. I get that salvation, one of those, right? But I think there are so many times where he, he wants to partner with us, which means doing our part. And then, because our part is insufficient on its own, he comes in and amazing things happen. Now, you've seen a lot of amazing things in the last 10 years. Uh, doors open, opportunities to speak where I couldn't go because I'm not military and because I'm, you know, I'm clearly a Christian. You, your background, your, not just your, your story of survival, but the fact that even, you know, you're being a Green Beret, you know, um, what what has happened over the last 10 years? Well, a lot of revelation, first of all. <laughs> and and so the, the, the motto to Green Beret, right, every special operations unit has a motto. And the Green Beret motto is Deo Presoli Bear. That actually means free the oppressed. That's Latin for free the oppressed. Huh. Well, what did Jesus say in Luke 4.18? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to free the oppressed, mm -hmm. right? And he goes on, he says other things in there. What I didn't realize, Randy, is that I was in the military really for just training for what I'm 
I'm doing today. So you ask the question, what, what is God doing today? He's making me all things to all men like Paul. Huh. He's, he's sending me where pastors and preachers are not invited. And where's that? In formations where Green Beret, Delta Force operators, where soldiers are there. And what does he use? He uses the voice that the enemy tried to take out. And what does he also use? He uses my scars. He uses me being a gang member at seventh grade, being, getting jumped into a gang at seventh grade, being a, a teenage father by ninth grade and a meth addict by 12th grade, mm. joining the military, not because I was patriotic, but because I was a meth addict. Mm. He's using every bit of my life to go and to reach those communities and tell them what? Get up. Mm. He's sending me in where pastors are not invited, to tell those kids that want to kill themselves. I was with I was with help in the home front this last Friday, and we went to a base where in, in this in this network of military bases in Virginia, they've had 11 suicides over the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so what are we doing? So what he, what he's doing, Randy, is he's using me as spiritual special forces. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that, that, that could be a title of a book right there. Uh, we we kind of skipped over a very important part. We're talking with Captain John Arroyo, Jr., by the way. Um, where did God come into the picture in your life? Because as you referenced, I mean, you you were a, you were a mess. Um, what happened to change your life? Randy, I'm the evidence of a praying grandmama. Hmm. So I want your listeners to hear this. Don't give up. My grandmother went to the Lord, went to the go meet with the Lord and went home in 2007. And I didn't walk into a church until 2009. Hmm. But my sister was the hands and feet and the action, the tough love behind grandmother's prayers. And so, so my grandmother prayed for me and my sister put a boot in my butt <laughs> and got me moving. And so that's 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 the truth. And I will say this, I walked in to Afghanistan in 2004. My grandmother gave me a bottle of anointing oil. Here I am, a Green Beret going into Afghanistan with every weapon system known to men. And grandma gives me a bottle of anointing oil. And, and I'm Mexican from California, so my grandmother says, Mio, I want you to plead the blood of Jesus on everything and everyone. Randy, back then, he wasn't the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was the God of grandma. So... <laughs> So to answer your question also is is what grandma had did she sowed seeds in my life and and that bottle of anointing oil became my weapon of choice so mm. in afghanistan i would go and i would put this oil on 50 cal machine guns on up armor humvee <laughs> on our rocket launchers and my teammates would say what are you doing, what are you, doing? <laughs> what are you doing and what i had one one engineer teammate that said this to me would you stop praying no one's shooting at us we're a bunch of green berets we want to get it on all the other special forces detachments were fighting, you know, fighting to the death. And we weren't. And he's like, man, I appreciate your praying, but would you stop? We go back to Afghanistan, second trip, 2005, after he told me this. We get this new medic, but this time we're told, we're in Bagram, and we're told, expect a hornet's nest. Mm -hmm. So we we end up, uh, so what do I do? I pull out my weapon of choice. And I go out and I start pleading the blood of Jesus on everything and everyone. And we get this new medic and goes up to that guy that asked me not to pray. And he says, hey, man, what's he doing? And he said, just let him go. Bro. <laughs> so Three combat tours. And I would say that the God of grandma showed up. Hmm, I love it. God loved those abuelas. Um, so uh, Tim online says, uh, yeah, spiritual special forces. 
it's a spiritual battlefield out there. And, and as someone who has fought on, you know, physical battlefields in places that thank God, most of us will never go. Uh, what do you see from a spiritual standpoint? Is it, is it a battle out there? Definitely. Uh, it, it is definitely a spiritual battle. We really got to pray for our chaplains. Um, that they can really, you know, here's what happens is, you know, because the military is a, you know, you all, everyone comes, it's a hodgepodge of a culture that comes together. And even though we're founded in, in Christian, in a Christian, as a Christian nation, um, we're kind of a post-Christian society today. And so it is, it is a battle, um, but the Lord uses influencers like myself to go in and to speak to troops and to share stories of survival. You know, here's one of the things that I, that I say to these soldiers. Okay, when I got up off the ground, what, you know, we use this term in the military, especially when you're wounded, is uh, resilience, right? Hey, so that means, that means like, if you've, if you've been hit, you have the ability to bounce back, you, you know? Mm. No one ever talked about what's the source of resilience. Because back in the day, my source of resilience was stopping at the liquor store on the way home. And I, was, I used to think, well, if I have, I'm just going to have a little drink. I'm going to relax. Well, guess what? Well, if you take vitamins the wrong way, they'll actually shut your liver down. Hmm. Okay. So what you choose as your source of resilience can affect you. Uh, so what I tell them is that my source of resilience was Jesus. Mm. Is Jesus. Yeah. Still, oh, yeah. Still is, obviously. Is. Well, okay. So let me, let me ask you just a, fo- a couple of follow up questions. Number one, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned, you know, your wife, her, her struggles, uh, as well as your uh, inhumane treatment of her previously. How's your relationship today? Way better. Way better. We, uh, man, it's amazing. Our relationship is better because one, I had to go back. And I had to say sorry to my family and ask them for forgiveness. And you want to know when when I finally asked for for forgiveness? When I was broken. When I walked out of the hospital after being shot and I was utterly broken, it's the time that I was humbled. I had tubes coming out of everywhere and I couldn't take care of myself. It's finally what God said is, you know what, John? Since you're utterly broken, we're going to start with your family. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's when I had to look at my wife and my children and ask them for forgiveness. Mm. You know, one of the things that I had to do was I had to forgive the shooter and then I had to forgive myself. That's a whole nother topic, but yeah. I can tell you how I walked through. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, well, and so you've got a book that tells all of this. Um, and forgive me for the original title was Get Up, Get Up. But uh, what was the title of the later book? So we have. So the first book that you're referencing is Attacked at Home. Yeah. Attacked so the at first Home. book is Attacked at Home. And that's the one that tells our story and how we walk through this journey. The second book is a devotional called Get Up, Get Up, Open Their Eye. And that's a devotional out of the first book. And then the recent book is called I Never Heard My Dad Say. Mm. All right. And uh, just for people who want to follow up, because we're not going to get to all of it today, you can go to alifetransform.com and look just like this. And you'll see John's books that he's talking about right there. Because we are kind of hitting some of the uh, highlights, if if you will, because... There's just so much that's happened, not just to him from the standpoint of, of the shooting, but also the, the life transformed and then all the things that he's done since today. Physically, how are you? And you showed me the scars earlier, but how are you doing physically? Because, I mean, that's a, that's a recovery that has to amaze even the doctors. Yeah, I mean, and it's utterly amazed. The fact that I'm uh, that I can even talk, 
is, you know, they told my wife that they weren't sure if I'd ever talk again, use my right arm. So this arm only goes up that high right now. Like that's about as high as it goes. But, you know, when I walked out of the hospital, one of, one of my uh, caretakers had told me, uh, John, you may want to consider amputating your arm. But mm -hmm. I was like, no, Jesus saved me and he's going to fix everything. <laughs> you know? But my arm is not the hard part. If he saved me after taking a 45 through my throat, my arm is not the hard part. So I do have a little bit of physical ailments from it. Um, and and I would say that, you know, I do have to go to physical therapy and mm -hmm. stretch. And, you know, I see a chiropractor in Fort Worth and in Keller area. <laughs> um, but it's just it's just maintenance, but it's OK. How do you you know, I'm curious, how, how do you view that? Because, I mean. I mean, I'm going to pray for healing, complete restoration and healing. I'm going to do the physical therapy. I'm going to, I'm going to do all the things to become completely whole. But at the same time, I mean, there's that reminder of God's hand on your life and grace on your life in a lot of ways. Uh, Paul had his thorn in the flesh. I, I mean, I, I think we, I don't think we give in to them, but I don't think we uh, make an idol out of them. How do you, how do you view your physical struggles as you do the spiritual battle? Well, I just. I just know one thing that God's not limited. God's not a 50% God. He's not a 75% God. Um, so I still pray for these, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but Jacob encountered Jesus or, you know, had wrestled, wrestled he wrestled yeah. with the angel and he walked away with a limp, you know, so sometimes yeah. when you have encounters with the Lord, there may, you may walk away with something just, you know, like your arm doesn't move all the way. I just, you know, in those instances, I don't, I don't question because I know he healed me. You know, yeah. I know, I know what he did for my throat. I know that he's using it. And so, um, I, I don't stop persevering because I stand on his word because his word is true, right? Jesus's body and blood speaks on my behalf. Yeah. 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 All right. La last thing for somebody who may, maybe military, maybe they're not, but they're in a position where they're like, okay, wow. I mean, that's a crazy story from this guy and I'm okay. And he wants to give God the credit. Sure. I'm glad that works for him. I'm, I, I hear, I've heard this, and I'm sure you have too. Hey, man, that's great for you, but that's not for me. What do you say to that person? Well, I won't. At some point in time, life is going to smack you in the face because it's just reality. You're going to go through trials and tribulations, and you get a choice, just like I did. You get a choice of when you come to that intersection of what will be your source of resilience, and what you choose will be will utterly determined whether you live a resilient life or you don't. So I'm telling you right now, you get a choice. Salvation is a choice. You know, I later looked back at, you know, and had a conversation with God and said, how is it that you saved me? I was a gang member, a thief, a cheat, a liar. How did you save me? And he said, because I didn't give you what you deserve. I gave you what my son paid for. Mm -hmm. So when you get to a point and you're in that intersection, what you choose will utterly determine whether you live a resilient life. How is it that I went through all this and I'm speaking to you, but yet I'm the one here encouraging you? It's because of my source of resilience. And so I would just challenge you to say, maybe you don't know who God is, but just open your heart and talk to him because he wants to love you and he wants to restore you. Somebody may be at that point right now. This may be that point of decision for you right now where God's got your attention and you've watched this whole thing, right? This is that chance where you you just talk to God. If you've got a Bible, pick up your Bible, read the book of John is a great place to start. Uh, the Gospel of John. Go find a, a Christian believer, maybe talk to them, and and just start start down that path and just see what's there. Uh, scripturally, it's stated, "Come and taste that the Lord is good." It's like just just try this, just just get a little taste of this, because you're going to find out that it's it's life 
uh, and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. Captain John Arroyo Jr., uh, thank you for your service to our country and to the kingdom of God. I appreciate you being here. Randy, hey, thank you so much, and I appreciate it, and I, I love what you guys are doing around the world. Well, thank you for that, and uh, you keep doing what you're doing around the world, too, because the need is great out there. Appreciate you guys watching. If you want to check out John's latest book, it is called I Never Heard My Dad Say. It looks just like that. You can get it at alifetransformed.com, uh, and you can follow up with anything there. If you've got a place where you want him to speak, you hit that website and invite him. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.